0: We're going to go behind enemy lines here today on Locked On Balls crossover edition. Locked On Aggies meets Locked On Balls, Eric Kane, Andrew Stefaniak. What is there to know about the AM Aggies? We'll hear about it all in today's Locked On crossover edition of Locked On Balls.
1: You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee
0: Volunteers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Crossover Edition. Locked On Balls meets Locked On Aggies. I am Locked On Balls host Eric Kane, and that is Locked On Aggies host Andrew Stefaniak. Andrew, I uh, appreciate you being here, man. This should be a really, really fun uh, game coming up on Saturday and obviously a fun show here today previewing it.
1: Oh, yeah, I love doing these crossovers, getting to talk with the other SEC hosts, getting to chop it up and learn about each other's teams, talk about some pains we've all been through. It's a good
0: time, and this will be a fun ball game. This episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to go ahead and get started today Uh, so what's on the rundown here today we're going to take you through the seasons today for tennessee and texas a and m some of those main storylines when we come back in segment two look at the quarterback comparisons joe milton versus max johnson who needs to have the better day i'll take a look through the injury reports for both teams and then uh, before we get out the door we'll tell you our keys to victory for tennessee and texas a and m and of course the score predictions who we're going to take tennessee or Texas AM at AM at Neyland Stadium. With that being said, Andrew, uh kinda of start us off here. Texas AM to date. Um, four and two record, two and one in the SEC, a hard fought loss at home to Alabama this past weekend. A loss your starting quarterback, but uh, you know, a pretty, pretty nice backup quarterback in Max Johnson to fall back into. How's AM been treating you so far this season?
1: You know, it's been a year of I'd call it what ifs. There's some things that I think Aggie fans would want back last week against Alabama. There was Alabama did everything in their power to hand you that football game, and the Aggies just wouldn't take it. That was extremely frustrating. That loss hurts you. The Miami game was a little painful as well because the uh, defensive coordinator, Coach DJ Jerkin just hadn't figured out his defense yet he wasn't sending pressure now obviously Texas A&M is one of the best teams when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback getting sacks so it's been a year where you'd like a couple ball games back and maybe this would be a different season but sitting at the point right now Texas A&M's got a good football team you lose your starter but you've got a backup who can win football games at this level and that's a good thing to have that not everybody does have in college football.
0: Yeah, for Tennessee, you know, so so much high expectations. Every single year there's high expectations in Knoxville for Tennessee. But coming off the 11-1 season last year, and it was so much fun. It was a magical year. Um, you have a 4-1 record. You know, you've lost one game, but it feels like it's been kind of a disappointment so far. I think the Florida loss, that one loss was just so bad. I mean, Tennessee was favored by a touchdown. It was on the road. Tennessee was kind of a shell of itself, and, and I think the lack of explosive plays offensively has been a little bit concerning because, again, nobody expected Joe Milton to be Hendon Hooker, but I don't think anybody expected the lack of explosive plays down the field because that's been kind of a trademark of Tennessee's offense under Josh Heupel. So, you know, the offense still very much a work in progress. you got a quarterback that is the best-looking game manager in the country right now. He's not losing Tennessee games, but he's not the reason Tennessee is winning games offensive lines very much a work in progress good run game one of my favorite storylines of this one and we'll get to in a moment Tennessee's run game rush defense for Texas A&M um, wide receivers been a little hot and cold getting better of late but of course you lost Brew McCoy and then you look defensively and I think Tennessee's taken a step defensively especially getting after the passer and that's another storyline you know defensive rush against defensive rush uh, for both of these teams so um, big game you know Tennessee's got a, a tough month of October starting at home, you had a bye week, then you're starting at home with AM, then you're on the road at Alabama, and then Kentucky. So from a Tennessee perspective, this is kind of one that you want to get. And obviously, Andrew, it should be just a, an incredible atmosphere at Neyland Stadium uh, Saturday at
1: 3.30. Always credit those fans in Tennessee. Always, always credit Neyland Stadium. I mean, you can't. I talked about it on my show as as a one of the biggest matchups for the Aggies on Saturday is being prepared for that crowd noise because Neyland is just – it's truly an incredible atmosphere. I always say I need to get down there for a ball game at some point. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a ball game where I think that you see some strengths on weaknesses and strengths on strengths that are going to be big keys in this ball game. And I know we're going to get into the keys, but I just – I look at this game and – I think it's gonna. A lot of it's gonna come down to quarterback play. We're gonna get into that, but this game is just gonna be one of those where I think that it's gonna take a great game from Texas A&M to leave with a win, and I think a a bad game from Tennessee to to kind of drop this one. It just feels like the home field advantage there could end up being too much. To where I think the Aggies are going to have to put together a solid game, which one thing we talk about a ton is with the talent on their roster, on Texas A&M's roster, it's possible at any point that team can pop and put together an incredible performance. It's it's a talented football team. Nobody ever questions that. The question is, can they put it together? Can the coaching staff put them in a position to succeed? So far this season – You've had a couple good game plans. I liked the game plan against Auburn. I liked the game plan against Arkansas. I liked it. Frankly, I liked it against Alabama. I just don't think you made enough adjustments in the second half. Um, but, no, I think this is going to be a ball game that's going to come down to just can Tennessee do what they need to do at home? I think if they can do what they need to do at home, I think they're going to win this game. I think if Tennessee doesn't play their best football game and AM comes out firing, I think this could be one that leans more in the Aggies' favor. So I think it's going to kind of come down to that kind of stuff.
0: You reference am as being a team that could pop at any second that's kind of how I view Tennessee offensively like there's still I mean Joe Milton um you know down the field passing you know throws 20 yards or more down the field he's really struggled this year intermediate he's been worse 10 to 19 yards but you know within 10 yards at the line of scrimmage he, he's been really good and that and Tennessee's Tennessee's caught a lot of their game plans um you know out on the perimeter around the line of scrimmage whether that be because of Milton the offensive line uh, the whole operation I, I don't know probably a little bit of everything but you know Milton has all the tools, and he has his entire collegiate career if he's ever to put it together for that Heisman. He's not going to be a Heisman finalist, don't hear me wrong, but if you have a Heisman-like game, wouldn't shock anybody whatsoever, and maybe that's A&M, or maybe that's on the road here in a couple of weeks. We'll see. Uh, main storylines, I already mentioned a couple. The number one main storyline, I think, um, coming into this game is one Tennessee— the win streak at kneeling which is really really impressive and then the lack of a quality road win for a and correct me if i'm wrong i feel like this streak goes back to 2021 it's been a minute it's been a minute since jimbo fisher and a and m has won a quality road game um you know uh, under this regime so i think that is a huge storyline it's one that you can't just skim over i saw you know firsthand how the effect of the swamp from the crowd noise affected tennessee and then i saw it at south carolina a week and a half ago with Tennessee on third down, those fans given Spencer Rattler all he could handle. Fall start, back it up, third and fifteen. So I think that is a huge thing. And then obviously it's you know the best rushing attack in the SEC right now, Tennessee against the best rush defense of AM, eighty four yards a game on average so far. That's going to be an excellent matchup.
1: You know, and, and one thing I'm not I, I'm gonna just keep talking good about my vol fans, my friends that are vol fans. I'll tell you right now. I hope there's no Florida fans listening, but the Swamp and Neyland. I don't even. We're not even gonna have that conversation because I don't think it compares. Neyland is just something else. I'm gonna keep saying it, but, um, you know, on that storyline, I saw that stat you're referencing the how many games in a row AM's lost on the road and how good Tennessee's been playing in Neyland. That is one of those where my buddy we we uh, my my roommate we always joke and we say on the betting perspective, it's like you're either. You're either you're you're due or you're you're or you've won a bunch in a row. And you and you can make the argument each way, but um, that's a good storyline and it's a good thing, it's a good thing to look at. It's like, can Texas AM go on the road? If you think about it, they haven't played a real genuine road test this year. Look at their schedule. They've played uh the Miami game. We all know there's no atmosphere there. They played, um, they put Arkansas in the Cowboys stadium there. I mean, the atmosphere there, it's, it's half home fans. It wasn't really anything crazy. This is hundreds of thousands of trillions of people that want you to lose a football game. And they're going to make that very clear and make their presence felt. And so how will Tech Stadium respond to that? That's going to be a really interesting factor in this game that's more than just X's and O's
0: gonna be a good one and I can't wait to continue to break this down every single angle of the game we'll take a look at the quarterbacks Max Johnson versus Joe Milton and we'll take a look at the injury report that is coming up next as we cross over here on locked on locked on balls meets locked on Aggies all right, I don't want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season right now with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook because right now new customers can get up to $200 in bonus bets back guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That, that's all it takes right there. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about jumping into this realm, this world, joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to take advantage of this action because you can bet on the spreads, all right? The spreads, the uh, the totals, the hit those overs, set those unders. But what I encourage you to do if you're new to the game, take a look at these player props. They're fun. They're easy. So say in this football game, I don't have it in front of me right now, say Joe Milton, 225 and a half passing yards. You know that that's his total, right? You want you want to say he's going to do more than that over or hit the under. Those are so much fun. Or you know who scores first, first uh, quarter spread, all that and more. That's where it gets really really fun. You can do it over at FanDuel Sportsbook for the Tennessee Texas A and M game or any NFL game this Sunday as well. So I encourage you to visit FanDuel.com/slash locked on to kick off this NFL season here today. FanDuel it is the official um, FanDuel the official partner of the NFL. All right, welcome back into the locked on crossover edition locked on Valls meets locked on aggies i'm locked on Valls host eric kane with locked on aggie's host andrew stefaniak andrew we've done one crossover before it's been a minute uh before we hit record meant to clarify to make sure i am pronouncing your last name correctly i am right
1: yeah you are you had it great you had it great see
0: i should have just kept rolling with the comments yeah, exactly two, right <laughs> all right let's take a look at these quarterbacks we've mentioned it a little bit already joe milton versus max johnson now, Max Johnson's not the starting quarterback for Texas A&M. That was Connor Wagman. Wagman, unfortunately, is out for the rest of the season. But what a, I'm not saying Max Johnson's um, you know an upper echelon quarterback in the country, but what a luxury to have a former starting quarterback in this league and Max Johnson that can step in and, and just go ahead and play. Um, how is this offense similar? How is this offense different? And, and kind of what's that vibe offensively with Max Johnson now at the helm for the Aggies? It's
1: a great question. I actually was going to ask uh, coach Fisher that exact question on the SEC teleconference last Wednesday and couldn't get a question in. I might I'll have to ask him that get get the coach's answer, but from my perspective watching these ball games, it's a very similar offense. Wigman is a little bit more athletic than Max Johnson, but Max Johnson can move with the football on the ground. Not at I mean, you know, he's not he's not a speedster but he is quick enough that if he gets outside the pocket if he doesn't have something he likes downfield he'll take off and get you 6 7 he'll take a he'll turn a you know he won't throw it away he'll 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 instead of throwing it away he'll try and pick up four or five or six with his legs he's athletic enough to do that we saw a few plays with when Wigman was in where he i mean he had a couple a few drawn up runs this year not a ton i mean he was a he was a pocket passer and so with Johnson Taken over, he throws a pretty deep ball. That is the calling card to Max Johnson. It always amazes me at guys that I think throw a better deep ball than they do intermediate passes. But his deep ball, he throws some pretty downfield passes. So the offense, to me, frankly, is similar. You know, it's not like you're going from Cam Newton to Tom Brady. It, you know, it, it's, a, it's an offense that these two guys are, are somewhat similar. And I think you have a nice thing in Max Johnson. I've talked about it. Not a lot of SEC schools have a backup quarterback that has played and won games in the SEC before. So having an experienced guy like Max Johnson, who he is, what he brings to the table, it's an advantage that some you know teams flat out just don't have. But yeah, I think this offense is similar, and it's gonna be interesting to, um, with with whichever quarterbacks in there, and it's gonna be interesting to see. Milton slash Johnson, who's going to have the better football game? I think it's going to be a fun one, and I think uh, Milton's got a lot to prove on Saturday. I think I think he could have a big game, and it'll be interesting to see if Max Johnson can hang with him.
0: Yeah, uh, Joe Milton and Tennessee both have a, a, a lot to prove on Saturday, and I want to get to that in a moment, but I, I want to continue to grill you on A&M real quick. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and just when you look at the stats, everything this team on paper, I mean, just so much improvement from 2022 to 2023. I mean defense alone worst to first in terms of rush defense leading the sec in total defense all that and stuff but offensively it's kind of middle of the road offensively but if you look vast improvements there as well 35 points a game 420 yards of total offense throwing it for 275 yards on average rushing for 144 on average bobby petrino you know i think everybody myself included said this will be boom or bust it will be really really good and work out well for a m and jimbo fisher or boy, about week five, week six, it is going to come crashing down. So far, so good. If Jimbo would just get out of his way and let Bobby go to work, I mean, he he's he's improved, and and, and you know, A and M offensively looks pretty competent. A and M. So this is an interesting stat. Like it's
1: going to kind of make people that you know haven't watched every A and M game kind of go, oh, okay, they've no. moved the football well against everybody. Even last week against Alabama, where you you know you only put up twenty points, you still. Um, th- th- here's the issue right here. It's simple as this. And this is something coach Fisher's talked about. And he, that needs to do better. Texas A&M this season has been in the red zone 28 times and scored 16 touchdowns for a percent of 57. Coach Fisher says he wants that around the 75% mark. Yeah. So they've been getting there a lot, but it's been a lot of the, they're letting defense has been not break and they're, they're putting up three, They've gone for it on fourth and, you know, goal to go or fourth and one from the six a few times and not gotten it. So um it's been a lot of, hey, we're here in the red zone, but we're not putting up, we're not putting up touchdowns or putting up field goals or we're turning it over on downs. Um, and then a few missed field goals. I don't know if they've missed any within the in the red zone. I don't think so. I think maybe one or two. But point is that I think this offense has been great, truly. I just think they need to punch the football in more than they have. That's been the issue, just blaringly looking at these numbers. They have not been punching it in inside the 20 as much as they should. And if they start to do that better, I mean, you're gonna, I mean, here's the deal. If you turn three points into seven, you're gonna win more football games. Oh, yeah. So I think that's been the offensively, they moved it with Connor Wigman. They moved it with, they've moved it with Max Johnson. The running game, I'll be honest with you. I think those numbers, frankly, have been boosted by a few. Big runs in garbage time. There have been a few, like against Arkansas and against Auburn, we had a couple like seventy-five yard runs in the fourth quarter that just, like, you know, really didn't do anything for anybody but just make stats look better. So I think that to be to be brutally honest, I the running game is a concern for me. Passing attack, I have all the confidence in the world. No, you know, obviously it's the Max Johnson show now. I have all the confidence in the world in them. Yeah, but the rushing attack will they move the football on the ground against tennessee we'll see but if they don't it's going to be a concern
0: so we're talking quarterbacks here and a little bit offense in segment number two we'll get to injuries here in just a couple seconds really before we get into our, our keys of the game and our score predictions in segment three for joe milton um i'm not going to sit here and say tennessee's run game is going to get shut down like it did against florida because i don't think that's going to be the case i think playing at home is a completely different story i think Tennessee. It's got its best offensive lineman back and Cooper Mays at center. Um, I just think the whole operation looks a little cleaner. I think they're going faster. You know That helps when you get your center back. And so I think Tennessee's going to run the ball a little bit. Now, is Tennessee going to run for 250 yards? I doubt it. A&M is a great rush defense. But is Tennessee going to be held to 45 yards like you know Alabama was or whatever the case was? I don't think so. I really don't. However, I'm not sure if, if Tennessee's going to win this game, it's going to be on the backs of the three-headed monster in the backfield. And Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, and Dylan Sampson. Joe Milton is gonna have to hit some plays down the field. It's gonna have to. And, and it looks like, and, and feel free to jump in, there's opportunities there in the AM secondary. Jalen Milrow, Alabama can be can reach its absolute ceiling this year with Jalen Milrow reaching his ceiling. More so than Buckner, more so than Simpson. Um, what you saw against AM from Jalen Milrow, it's like phew, Okay, well, if Alabama does that, then watch out. Alabama's going to be dangerous with a dangerous quarterback because he's already a dynamic athlete that can run. If you look at Milrow and Milton as a passer, most everybody's going to say, all right, give me Milton. Give me Milton all day. I, I, that's just kind of the eye test here. You see what Milro does in one-on-one matchups and man coverage down the field last week. It's like, boy, Joe Milton, you know Tennessee's going to take some shots. Joe Milton's just got to hit on some of those. So that's a huge key for me. It's that secondary for A&M. Joe Milton, can you hit on a few down the field? Can you? He he is 8 for 30 this year on passes 20 yards down the field, which is not good. But Tennessee will take those shots. Now, there's been some drops in there. There's been some misalignments, all that. I mean, that's football. Uh, but I'm looking for Milton going down and attacking that secondary uh, during the course of this football game and, and seeing how many of those you can hit. And if Tennessee hits on a couple of them, then I think that could be the difference in the football game.
1: The secondary... It's a battle of two issues, in my opinion, from the Miami loss to the Tennessee. i mean, sorry, to the Alabama loss. In Miami, I talked about how the reason the Aggie, Aggie fans might want that ball game back is because the defense hadn't really figured itself out yet, to where Coach Durkin was sending three men, maybe four men. Miami's got a good old line. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke had all day in the pocket, and he just picked the defense apart. Um, and then when it came to the Alabama game, I said, listen. Don't let Milro get outside the pocket. Make him beat you with his arm. If he does, tip your cap. And he did. Yeah, he beat you with his arm. And yeah, I did tip my cap on Monday. But um point there is, I think that if Milton, you know, will he have time in the pocket? That is what it's going to come down to. I'm looking at Tennessee's numbers and I wanted to get your thoughts on that too. But this offensive line, uh, oh, they have not allowed a bunch of sacks this year. Um, and so if Milton has time in the pocket, I think he's going to have some receivers open just based off what we saw last week. Um, the starter at corner, Josh DeBerry, frankly, got burned a handful of times last year. I think they might lean a different direction this week. They've got some young talent, um, young freshmen, former high four-star recruits that they might try and lob out there and see how that goes. But then, I mean, Hey, you do that. That's still scary in and of itself. Thinking we got to. Freshman playing his first real time and in, in Neeland. I mean I'm I, I'm gonna close my eyes and hope that doesn't go bad. But the point is I do I do think if Milton has time in the pocket, which is gonna be one of my keys, if he has time in the pocket, I think he's gonna be able to complete some downfield throws. If the Texan and pass rush is getting home at a high rate, I think that's when Milton could start to make some mistakes. So, if he's got time, I think he'll pick the Aggies apart. If he doesn't, that's where the Aggies have a shot to win this one.
0: A lot of scrimmage game always is in this league. Um, You're absolutely right, Tennessee's offensive line. Uh, Stats, you know, sack numbers could be misleading a little bit. I'm not saying this line's been horrible, but it's been very much a work in progress. It has not been clean. Um, Again, getting Cooper Mays back at center, settling in with Gerald Mincy playing right tackle, I think all that kind of helps. So, We'll see where it kind of is. But yeah, protecting Milton for sure against that talented uh, pass rush. Already, I believe, 26 sacks on the season for AM, whereas it had 19 overall a season ago. Hey, uh, keys of the game, official keys of the game uh, coming up next. If we have time, we'll hit a little injury report uh, there towards the end, and uh, we will get into our score predictions against the spread, all that and more. That is coming up next right here on a crossover edition of Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Vols, and Locked On Aggies. I do want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the best qualified candidates available. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We have all been there before We're trying to take a step in our career, putting our job or putting our resume online with hopes of landing that stepping so job or maybe your, your destination job. Um, maybe you're there now and you have your small business owner, but you can't do it alone. All right. You need some help. You need qualified help and somebody that you can trust. Well, simple tools at LinkedIn jobs like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can narrow down who you want to interview and then ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs uh, helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com/slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com/slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. A final segment left here of this crossover edition. Locked on Vols. Locked on Aggies. I'm Eric Kane. He is Andrew Stefaniak. All right. Uh, quickly, let's go injury report. I'll start with the Vols. Uh, Cooper Mays is back. He played uh, center uh, for Tennessee. Uh, of course, Tennessee had the bye week last week, but the game the week before that. South Carolina, he made his return, so that was huge, uh, to get, getting Cooper Mays back at center. Um, starting left guard, Andre Carrick. I think he's going to be a game-time decision. Um, right tackle, Jeremiah Crawford, who, again, kind of splits down with Gerald Mincy. He was available against South Carolina, but they didn't play him because they were trying to rest him. I think he'll be kind of a game-time decision. Um, of course, Brew McCoy, unfortunately, is going to be lost for the year at wide receiver. I think that's about it offensively. You go to defense... Uh, Tennessee got back Elijah Simmons, a defensive tackle presence. He played 12 snaps against South Carolina. That was good to see. Of course, no Keenan Peely at linebacker. And then in the secondary, you're looking at uh, trying to get back starting cornerback and uh, Denico Slaughter. He was, after missing the past couple weeks, he played six snaps against South Carolina. So slowly little bit surely, Tennessee's getting a little bit healthier. Uh, one other big injury note, um, and this is obviously big now because of the the depth issues at wide receiver, uh, Dante Thornton, key transfer portal addition from Oregon over the offseason. Uh he missed last week with a with a hamstring that flared up. You know, kind of where is he towards the end of this week? Tennessee will need him to step up, obviously, and I bet he will be a game time decision as well. So uh, Tennessee's getting healthier um heading into this game and certainly benefited from the bye week last week. Andrew, kind of where's A M at injury concerns right now?
1: Pretty healthy right now, actually. Um, they they were smart. They held some guys out a few weeks ago, the last non-con game, non-conference game before we really got into SEC play, which I think helped some people with some nagging injuries get right before SEC play started. And now, everybody from Coach Fisher's press conference on Monday, every it sounds like this team pretty healthy going into this ball game. And you got to remember, next week is Texas AM's bye week. So assuming that if 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 you're above 75% you're playing because you got a bye week after, there are two injuries that have of two guys we haven't really seen this year, an offensive lineman that was projected to be a starter in Ruben Fothery, and a corner who I had projected to be a starter in Tony Grimes. Those two guys have been, we haven't seen them yet. So far this season, we got an update from Coach Fisher on Monday. And frankly, based on his update, I it just it feels like one of those updates where you're not gonna see him. So th- mm-hmm. that's really the only injury updates and players that we expected to have a role that we thought would be out there aren't out there. But when it comes to guys that have been playing so far this year, I think Texan M's healthy going into this ballgame.
0: Keys to victory. Um, a lot of these keys to victory can be copy and paste every single week, I feel like. You know, it's it's football one oh one. But again, I'll throw a couple stats out there for you. I don't have the exact stats and, and I'm I'm bad at my job, I should have it. But um anyway, 150 is where you need to be running the football. Tennessee is like the record is so good under Josh Heupel in two and a half seasons when Tennessee runs for 150 yards in a football game. So running the football, you want to get the. I mean, Tennessee wants to get more than that. Tennessee's averaging over 200 yards a game this season. But that 150 marker is kind of where you want to be on the ground. Get the 150 yards and against this. Again, I continue to say it. 84 yards is all this defense has given up on the ground so far this year on average. On average. And so it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. But get the 150 yards on the ground for Tennessee and get to 30 points. Again, don't, don't have the stat in front of me. I will do this sooner or later before the game happens. But when Josh Heupel scores thirty points, when Josh Heupel coached teams score thirty points at Tennessee, the record's incredible. Um, I think all but one game, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in, in terms of Josh Heupel wins, have come by scoring more than thirty points. So those are some two numbers. Uh, like I said earlier, Milton's got to connect on a couple down the field passes. Got to take advantage of one on one matchups with the secondary that I think you can exploit. Um, you know, so, so connect on some down the field passes. Don't shy away from the run. Sometimes I mean Tennessee runs the football. It's it's the basis of the offense. But sometimes Josh Hopper gets a little pass happy, gets away from it, even when it's going well. Look at the South Carolina game. Stay committed to the run and then defensively make matters just worse for Max Johnson, confuse him. The crowd's going to be a factor. Disguise some things in the back end. Tennessee's got uh, one of the better pass rushing units in the country, along with Texas A and M. Tyler Barron, James Pierce, get after Max Johnson. I'll make him have his brother at tight end stay in for some six-man protections and uh, try to spark some things defensively. That's kind of my uh, summary around about keys to victory for Tennessee. What about a If a wins this game on the road, what does a have to do? And it, it,
1: to me, and we'll run through a couple of keys, but it's the one that is just flashing lights, blaring obvious. You have to do this. And you just got done talking about is is Max Johnson has to have time in the pocket? I have talked about this. Like, I have screamed at people on my show throughout the week saying, We have got to get him time. If you don't give Max Johnson time in the pocket, frankly, I think this is a ball game where it's going to be hard to score points when you add the atmosphere factor. You know, he didn't have much time against Alabama, but st- I'm a big believer in atmosphere. Frankly, I know some are kind of like anti-teams. I'm a big believer in atmosphere and how much it matters. Last week, you know, he didn't have time and he's playing in front of his home crowd against Alabama. Now you're going to, once again, to a rowdy Neyland Stadium with a lot of people who don't want to see
0: you succeed.
1: That is where, you know, you got to get Nobody wants to
0: see you succeed. Let's, let's, put, let's get, get that accurate. Nobody wants to see you succeed. That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: Maybe like the 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 m people in the press box.
0: Yeah, there you go. The in the sands.
1: So yeah. like 10 people. <laughs> 10 people maybe. But... I think that's going to be the number one key. If and I, if Max Johnson's on his back looking at this guy all day because he's been sacked six, seven times, he'll make a mistake. He'll throw a pick. If the offensive line gives him time, he is a good quarterback with a talented group of receivers who can pick you apart. It's going to come down to that, does he have time in the pocket? The other thing I have is – Winning the turnover battle. These are two teams, and that's the one I always thought It's cliche. I know it's cliche, but it, it. And like you said, all these keys they're going to be pretty chalk for most games. This is one. Both of these football teams haven't created that many turnovers. Um, numbers wise, they're actually both. Both teams are bottom of the other the conference um, re- relatively bottom of the conference in creating turnovers. So it just feels like in the SEC game, there's always you look back and there's that one turnover that just really bites you, that really changed the game. And, you know, you don't want it to be your team. I don't want it to be my team. And that's going to be the key is don't let that one turnover that completely flips momentum be on, be on, be on your team. And I think that it just feels like a game that these teams haven't created a ton of turnovers. Both teams have, you might see that this week, where one one team does come out and create a bunch of turnovers. So I think that's another battle. The Aggies have got to win. And then, you got to find a way to run the football. I've talked about the struggle there. If you I'm a big believer in balance on offense, which I know that's not a hard-hitting statement. I think you know any any football mind would agree there, but you have to have balance on the offensive side of the football. If you're running if if you can't run the football, it's pretty easy to say, okay, if they're not running the football well, their offensive line can't get a push. We can just really send eight guys out there and say, you know, beat us that way. And you can't beat us with your arm if we have all these guys in the secondary. So I think that you have to create balance via being able to run the football. And I don't know if the Aggies are able to do it. They haven't, like I said, I think the numbers have been a little bit, you know, boosted by a couple big runs in some garbage time situations to where the numbers are generally aren't, You know, great. So that's gonna be. uh, Those are the big keys to me. And then lastly is just the secondary holding up. The pass rush is gonna be there. You know, we don't. I don't. I didn't say that as a key because I'm confident the pass rush to be there. It's gonna be can the secondary hold up and cover these receivers? Because if they struggle and Milton does have his hey I'm I'm still here kind of game hitting receivers downfield, uh, completing those passes of 20 or more yards, that's where Tennessee could put up a
0: lot of points and kind of leave you in the dust. Tennessee running backs, you better block this week. Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, Dylan Sampson, not the best pass-blocking bunch in the backfield, so uh, you, you, you better step up and and, and be, be an extra set of eyes there and be, be a dump-off option as well if somebody gets back there to Milton. All right, last thing, at, at, the, uh, at the time of this recording, the uh, uh, as you've seen on the bottom ticker on YouTube and over there on the side here on YouTube as well, uh, FanDuel has Tennessee as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, typically home team gets about three points. So it looks like Tennessee's a half point favorite, really, if you want to shave that off. Uh, three and a half point favorites, and the total is sitting at 55 and a half. Um score prediction for you, Andrew Stefaniak. Who do you have winning and what is your final score prediction? It's gonna be a really fun football game. Great atmosphere. It's
1: gonna be it's I think this could be the game of the week in the SEC. It's gonna be a good one. I my 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 thought here is is this gonna be a low scoring affair, high scoring affair? I lean kind of in the middle. I think that this is a game whichever team I think these teams are similar in a lot of ways to where whoever got to play this one at home is is going to is going to win this one. That's why I lean toward the Vols winning this game. I have Tennessee winning 31-27 and covering that line.
0: I like it. Um I'll take Tennessee as well. I am a um, uh, again I don't try to live by trends, but I am big on the trends. I mean there's mansions in the desert for a reason, right? a um, and has not been good on the road under Jimbo Fisher the last couple of years. Tennessee has been really good at home under Josh Hype the last couple years. Give me the balls to win 35-28, uh, cover that line, that over 55-and-a-half, um, and, of course, that that spread, that total. And I like Tennessee by a touchdown at home. Now, I think some of those 35 points, maybe a, a touchdown or two is going to be set up by great field position. Could it be a defensive turnover? Could it be a great punt return? Could it be a mistake by AM? Something to give Tennessee a short field on a couple of those drives and you got to cash in. But give me the balls 35 to 28 should be an outstanding atmosphere if you're watching, if you're listening, you're going to be inside Neyland Stadium, have fun. If, if you're a Vols fan or an Aggies fan, uh should be what a uh, college football environment is all about. Checker Neyland is going to be orange and white everywhere and of course it is uh Game of the Week, CBS, 3:30 Eastern Time. And that is always an honor for whoever plays in that time slot each and every week. All right, for Locked On Balls, I am Eric Kane. Andrew Stefaniak for Locked On Aggies. Uh, check out both of our work. If you are an Aggies fan listening to this crossover, come check out Locked On Balls for your scouting report for the game. Same for the Vols fans. Check out Andrew's work at Locked On Aggies leading up to the game for some more inside perspective on the Texas A&M Aggies. But for Locked On Podcast Network, I'm Eric. He is Andrew. And appreciate you guys joining us here for a crossover Locked On Vols and Locked On Aggies.